Welcome back to episode four, Back of the Bird, presented by Cottage Springs. Today, we're going to dive into uh, golf is back in Ontario. Um, some long weekend events, a little bit of uh, tragically hip with, uh, you know, pretty cool story being retold there. Um, a little bit of field across, some golf action in terms of uh, Phil the lefty's big win. Um, and then kind of moving into uh, to our interview with with Cody Jameson this week. So so stay tuned um, for the rest of, of rest of back of the bird. Um, we're going to be doing some giveaways again with uh, with our friends over at Cottage Springs. So make sure you're posting pictures of you drinking your Cottage Springs, tagging us um, at Back of the Bird and tagging Cottage Springs. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Because you never, ever want to work for it. Take your first ride and run, baby, run. You got a spine of steel and a roar of thunder. Back of the bird episode four. We're coming at you after a big long weekend up here in Canada. We'll spin it over. Polly, how are we doing? Doing well, man. Um, yeah, long weekend. Not much of a long weekend for me. I was uh grinding away at a little bit of work, but did get to sneak out on the course on Saturday and Monday. Whoa, oh. two rounds. What yeah, do you mean baby. you're doing a lot of work? What does that mean? I was actually working? doing Work, work, yeah. Trying to save a couple of lives here and there. Mix no. in, mixed in between my strokes. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> you got the whole the whole fire departments out there on the links, just and then they get a call, they gotta run off. Exactly. Um, but, how'd it go? How'd you shoot? Uh, not too bad, man. Considering like months off, I'm not like a great golfer. I just love it now. Like I fell, in, I always golfed, but kind of was in that like just crushing beers, like don't care about the score. Then last year. Once COVID hit, it was like the only thing you could do. Again, it's the only thing we can do right now. But I actually yeah. then I fell in love with it. So shot 89 Saturday. And then, Whoa. Uh, yeah, not bad. And then uh, 93 on Monday. So we got to. Uh, you must have had a little bit of aiming fluid. Must have been a couple of cottage springs on the 89 round. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're perfect for the golf course, man. Nice and small, refreshing and perfect. Unreal. I got a little cooler. Just stuff like eight of those in there. And it's perfect. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, we bring it up. Our friends, I get, you know, I got the hat, the sweater on now. They sent us a little bit of merch and we're going to do some giveaways. So, um, we're excited about that. So stay, yeah, stay tuned for that. They're, they've been awesome so far, just, you know, willing to kind of be a part of this. And obviously, you know, before we really had a ton of substance to the show, they, they wanted on board. So they believe in the boys. Why not? And, and I mean, it'd be crazy not to after, uh, throwing out the Mark interview last week. I think that one went over pretty well. I think he's just, I mean, I listened to it back once. He's just a hilarious guy. I mean, it's, yeah. it's yeah, and he's one of the best players in the league, but yeah, he's an absolute character. So yeah, there's some good feedback, man, but yeah, he's awesome, dude. That yeah. was great. So we're still pushing hard to get Mark in the PLL. No, uh, no words back now. I don't know if that interview is the greatest way to try to get him in, but Hey, <laughs> yeah. controversy, controversy still gets clicks too. Right. But at the same time, it's like, man, just call the guy back. If you say you're going to call, it's like classic, like just be a good human. If you're going to call or say you're going to call someone back, call him back. Be like, yeah, hey man, sorry, we can't, 
we can't do it. Don't just, don't just go one of the best players in the world. I don't care if he's Canadian American or whatever. He's still one of the best players in the world. Can't <laughs> yeah. ghost him. I want I think, I mean, at least in my mind, man, like, you know, it's a long season too, right? Like you don't know if someone's going to get hurt or something like, why not maintain a relationship with a guy like that? And then it's like, Hey, you know, if we do need bodies, you know, do you have an ability to move to the States and then play for us? So I, I think that's just, I don't know. That's how I would handle it. Like, even if you don't think you have a spot on his roster, but again, I don't know the insides of it, like what's going on. If maybe there is like a, Hey, this guy's not playing in our league. Maybe that's a thing. Yeah, but then know. just still, I would say, just tell him though. Like yeah. I think as athletes, regardless of the sport, you just want to be open, right? Like you're getting healthy scratch. You're getting pulled out of a game. You want to know why you may not agree with it, but fuck, just tell me. Right. And then at least, you know, where you stand instead of like, uh, okay, I'm just going to guess why I'm not playing in this league or I'm going to guess why I'm not playing tonight. Yeah. Right? Good, bad, or the ugly. At least, like, just be up front with somebody and goes a long way. So, anyways. Yeah. Like, no, I agree. I agree. But uh, so long weekend you spent, you got, you did two rounds of golf. You did some work in. What else happened? Anything else? No, man. Well, I mean, big game, big game Saturday night for the Leafers, big bounce back game. Yeah. So crushed, watched the golf, then crushed that at home. And then literally that was actually my Saturday, Monday golf Leafs. So I can't really complain. It was, it was two good days work Friday, Sunday. So it was a, it was a busy weekend and mixed in a little bit of housework, still a little bit of housework, still chipping away there. I like it. We, uh, had a bit of a weekend on my end here. We had a little bit of fun. Um, ended up just, uh, get, rallying a couple friends here going to the park getting the spike ball the football going around a little bit of softball a little bit of hardball it was good uh um, uh what park did you go to just LaSalle park right here okay it's, yeah because uh, you're an older shot I, I haven't been there yet but I heard it's legit yeah it's really nice we started calling it Burlington Bellwoods just because just to fit in with the Toronto Bellwoods yeah, yeah. but it's uh man it was ton of fun we were yeah we were there and, and then uh there was a wedding going on and then you know the they first tune right after the ceremony they just fired on uh, a little bit of pitbull give me everything tonight so the boys right. started getting going a little bit oh, too. Yeah. we were thinking about trying to join the wedding at one point but uh yeah needless to say the leaf game's a little bit fuzzy for me but i, I know the boys uh i know the boys ended up winning so that's um that's good stuff man and then and then obviously um another win since then yep and um little little bird gang bump possibly in that uh third game yeah with uh with our boy and and listener listener of the pod morgan riley scoring the game-winning goal now here's a fun fact i loved paul that i looked up he had the first game-winning goal by a defenseman against the montreal canadians since bill barilko i think i'm saying that right yeah yeah since he did it and won the Leafs the cup. Now, famously, that story, he won the Leafs the cup. And then shortly after that, um, he was flying his plane and disappeared. Yeah. And it's a, one of the one of my favorite Tragically Hip songs is kind of tells that story. And so he disappeared and he had won the Leafs the cup that year. And they found the remains of the plane 10 years later. And when they found it, the Leafs won the cup again that year for the first time since he scored the goal. So now that we're talking him and I think he's back in the mix, I think it's an absolute guaranteed lock. Leafs won the cup this year. Yeah, it's all aligning. New yeah. tragic hit music. 
Rob Baker tells the same story that I, I tell. mean, that, that's I like, listen, that is completely insane. Yeah. That, that just happened on the, like, I was scrambling so hard. I'm like, that's why I said, <laughs> like, it all makes sense when I was texting. You're like, dude, what are you talking about? But I realized you're a 27 cottage spring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I read back on your text and like, they just made perfect sense. But like, I guess at the time I was reading it, both eyes were kind of going a little. Yeah. I'm like, long. and obviously I'm not a tech guy. So I'm like, shit, I got to try and figure out how to get this clip. But the wife helped me out, got the clip up. So yeah, it was kind of cool. So yeah, everything's aligning. So by the time this comes out, we'll have game four on Wednesday night, probably. So, you know, hopefully the, hopefully our boys in the blue and white, just keep chugging along here. It's been, it's been good. Playoff hockey has been insane. Game four is Tuesday, is Tuesday night. They're doing it back to back. They play again. My bad. But, My bad. Yeah. All right. So, so they're playing tonight. Yeah. We're recording. Wow. Okay. Let's go. Let's yeah. Go, baby. Let's All go. Right. You can All take right. a commanding lead, and then the boys can send it home for Thursday, and then give everybody a little full weekend to listen to Back of the Bird. So I think that that timing works well. Um, the now, boys Paul, I got to ask you for an yep. honest review of the Nimki pre-workout, dude. I actually, yeah. Um, so I've been off the pre-workout for a while, just been crushing coffee. Like it's my job, but cold yeah, turkey? Came... you had to get off the stuff cold Turkey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, well, it's like you rely. It's not even like you rely on. It. It's just like the classic, like you get into that mode, you gotta take it. And then yeah. sometimes you start well, talking to somebody and, and it then stops. It's like, take and then another one. it can stop working too. Right. Like, so you gotta exactly. like, take a little break and then jump back on. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I came home the other day, had the beautiful, um, gift basket from lion eyes it posted that to the instagram it was great so again we're, we're hashtag runners here on the back of the bird so yeah, we are have you guys not heard yet <laughs> through the old nimki in there and it was perfect so i loved it because it is non uh, no stimulants but it's got the beta alley and it's got everything you need that you actually want in your body so i felt good it gives you it still gives you a little bit of the tingles which yeah. you know it's working and then yeah. Yeah, i was buzzing during the workout and the run so i loved it and then had the BCAs with the mix of EAs, which is super important because actually everyone just does BCAs, but the EAs are almost more important than the BAs. So you have the BCA EAA mix, which is huge. And right now I'm actually sipping on the uh, Super Greens and BCA EA mix, which is great. Yeah, they so call that Molotov uh, cocktail. Yeah, getting my antioxidants plus <laughs> help and repair those muscles, you know. But yeah, no, it was legit. I loved it. The, the flavors are great. And uh, yeah, it did get me buzzing. So That's it was awesome. You, once you get the, uh, you know, it's a good little pre-workout. Once you can feel like the tips of your hair getting a little itchy. Yeah, but then you don't get the crash, which is good. Yeah. Like, then you're still great. That's the problem with the pre-workout. It's like, yeah, you're buzzing because you're on whatever, 800 milligrams of caffeine <laughs> plus whatever else is in there. But then you just fall asleep after the workout. You're done. Yeah. This one, you just you feel great. So, yeah, no, I love it. So, thanks to our boys at Lionize Knot. And I want to apologize to the people of Lionese. <laughs> I know it's a great, great country, but uh, we're Lionize. So, again, yeah, jump on jump on that promo code DAN25. It's worth it. Good, good Canadian company. And I love the stuff so far. So, thank you for uh, sending it to me. And Hopefully we keep keep the partnership going for a long That's time. That's it. So it's lion, lionisupplements.com. Pump in that, like Paulie said, Dan 25. I mean, 25% off. We're giving it away. We're basically just giving you free supplements. So jump yeah, on huge. it. Um, other than that, other kind of news, um, check-in stuff. Just wanted to 
go off of field lacrosse wise. We've got our final four set. So I think probably could have just guessed that this, you know, if you pick these teams and you knew nothing about lacrosse, but you kind of knew who good teams were, you got Virginia versus university of North Carolina and then Maryland versus Duke. So it's kind of your, uh, you know, stereotypical schools. I, I like, I really like Maryland to upset Duke, Paul. I really do. There's, they're, uh, they're getting some buzz. I mean, again, I'm not going to lie here. I am not following it because I just, I got too okay. many other, we only really I got need too many other things. I'm following. But I remember like in the last 10 years, we talked about this in, in a couple of our podcasts, but like so many schools have become good at field lacrosse that all of a sudden you had these random schools winning championships, Denver, you know, and the other ones in these final four. But again, like you said, this University is University of Windsor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me leading them to the final four. Um, Anulet Street at Taboo. Uh, again, I guess uh, I guess let's go for another quick apology. I'm not trying to shit on the city of Windsor, but I will keep the hashtag Windsor educated every time I screw up. So we'll get Sorry to Brett Hickey, but maybe we'll get him on the pod. We can talk about just drinking $2 drinks on uh, Wyandotte Street and just get an absolute cross-eyed. Yep, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, if you looked at this Final Four, and like you said, you didn't know anything about lacrosse, these are, like, almost the original four horsemen of D1 lacrosse. Yeah, exactly. So. 100%. It's uh, So, I think, I think I'm putting my flag in the ground I want. I think I'm going to take Maryland to win the whole thing. And um, Any cool. Canadians on that team? just put you on the spot yeah i I honestly don't even know they really never have canadians like the only like yeah ryan cole went there but like yeah i i don't i can't really think of any other ones so um i know unc's got a couple canadian guys yeah they got the tanner cook from the hill a couple other guys duke obviously has dice virginia always has a couple guys mixed did you know that dyson williams is the first canadian to go there since zach greer no really yeah Jesus, what man, you're just on fire hey boy. digging up. Like, isn't list. that a crazy fact though? Like, hey, you know, you, you would think, hey, we had this Zach Greer guy. Maybe we should keep score. going down this road. Yeah, he was pretty good, you know. Maybe those Canadians are on to something. Yeah, nah, crazy. just kidding. It's, kick, it's yeah, also I... kind of crazy because like Danowski's coaching them. Yeah, like the father and son. So they have a little bit of connection with Canadians, but yeah, I, th- I think it's. I think it has to do with a little bit with the scholarship side of things. I don't think yeah. they typically give out. Duke doesn't typically give out like full rides just because, you know, you don't really have to a lot of the time, and obviously a lot of the time Canadians want that. I think yeah. so. It's kind of. I think that's kind of the way it gets in the way, but I don't know. Um, another other For big sure. news. Talked a little golf. The man that put the lefties on the map. We we gotta love him. He comes back 50 years old and gives, I think his thumb might've been in the air for three and a half hours of a five hour round. Just giving the boys the thumbs up walking around (laughs) is it's my favorite thing he does. Um, But yeah, I mean, that was, it was hard to watch from Canada because you see how many people are buzzing up and rubbing up on each other, not a mask in sight. Everybody's just living and you know, we just got the ability to walk on the golf course by yourself back. So it's a little yeah. bit tough, but was pumped for him. I think that's pretty cool to be able to do that. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I was, I crushed, uh, I went from T to T on Sunday watching it, which was great. Um, but I, I mean, it was great to see the fans, but how about the security? Not only was like not only was the fans crazy but they were like on the green usually it's like least roped off around. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like dude brooks 
Brooks Kepka couldn't even get to finish the round basically because he couldn't get through the crowd. I mean, it was awesome. I think it was just they obviously lost control of it. And people were still like pretty good and just I think excited to get back and to see Phil because people were going nuts for him too. Like it was kind of almost like Tiger S reminiscing like him yeah. coming back. But uh good for him. And that golf car, like I was talking to a buddy and it's like, what do you think he should that golf course? Man. 170. I would be, I mean, the way I was playing the damn golf course on Sunday, I would probably, I'd be over 200, no doubt. If I, I actually in, had, especially if you have to finish out putts, oh, I'm yeah. over 200. <laughs> I'm over 200, no problem. I was in a uh, golf pool, somebody's, and like, the people I pick, obviously, got like your tiers, right? My last tier guys, they were plus 40. <laughs> I'm like, if these pro guys are plus 40, I would be yeah. plus 700. Yeah. Well, and then you think about, like that's them, right? And then you think about what would a uh, a guy that's you know what's the other tour, Corn Ferry tour, the Corn Ferry. What a name! What a name! What, what like what are they shooting? You know? And then you got to keep working down. Okay, I got buddies that are like seven, eight handicaps. What are they shooting? Then you go to me. I'm a damn like a twenty handicap. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm convincing myself I might shoot three hundred now. The yeah, more I seriously. the more I think about it, it was insane the the way that course looked, but um. Yeah, then uh, you talked about the crowd and stuff, and it, I think it because uh, Brooks is just coming off like a knee surgery or something. Yeah, right? something like that. Yeah, and he was all rattled because he got like his someone like fell over and fell into his knee when he was walking through that crowd, which oh can be dangerous. But man, the other thing is that I just couldn't stop watching him. You know, we just posted a little bit of a, a meme just on shit it. on Bryson. Oh my god, dude! So uh, I've heard a few different things. Obviously, I I haven't liked. Bryson at all I think it's got to do with like the hat and then the fact that he wears that stupid hat with a picture of him wearing the stupid hat on the hat but anyways he I guess he he was so he walks by behind him someone said that because Brooks was talking about how you know it's hard to putt when with the wind and everything guys are kind of struggling with it and someone said that Bryson as he walked by him just said well you just better read the putts then like he said that as he walked by or and then there's other people saying like he just walked by with his metal spikes. Cause like, he's the only guy that wears metal spikes because he swings and, so hard. Yeah. I think Brooks hates that he wears metal spikes too. Cause I guess like screws up the green or something. Like yeah. That too. Yeah, exactly. So he, uh, he had an all time, like just so mad showed his hatred, which I, I kind of loved it. I think oh, it's, yeah. uh, I think it's good for the game. And then I saw another video. Uh, <laughs> Bryson was Bryson was swinging and, and he just like hits the ball and then the guy filming just goes, all right, Brooksy. <laughs> Whoever said Brooksy needs to get out of here right now, he just like starts crying. Yeah. He's at all. He's yeah. He's just a, a little bit of a dweeb in my books. But again, he's like he's kind of he's he's put quite the spotlight on golf. Like when he was hitting that par five in the one tournament, like just hammering the ball in that straight line, like everyone selling and stuff. I think it's it's good to see this stuff. I think golf's like golf's getting a personality, which is interesting. Yeah, exactly. I think just like almost all sports are now you need to have that. So I think, you know, instead of having like a one-on-one charity match or like skins match, yeah, we need to have Brooks versus, cause that'd be actually a good fight. They're both big boys. We need to have a, just a charity boxing match instead of yeah. like a charity golf match. And all they just go in and like slobber knocker beat each other up, but they're both big boys. Cause yeah, there was that one, it was like years ago. I think when Brooks won one of the majors, and they're like, oh, what'd you do this morning? It's like, oh, I was just repping out 225 in the morning or something like that. Yeah. So, and then Brooks or, I mean, sorry, Bryson put on like 70 pounds of muscle or whatever to start hammering the ball. So yeah, we need to get them 
boxing gloves or something and just see what happens. That's the other thing about, I don't really understand about like this whole Bryson, like transformation. They're like talking like he's some like health freak, like jacked. But still kind of looks like a bag of milk a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think this guy didn't change his workout routine. I think he just started hammering protein shakes and just like. And not doing cardio. Yeah. Not running, not running like the back of the bird. Boys, no, no, he sure. can't handle it like we do, you know, and we'll tell you about it. We'll be the first ones. Yeah, to exactly. But, I challenge uh, Bryce into a race. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see that. <laughs> but uh, dude, the other thing on, on Twitter that came to life here is, which I totally forgot that you kind of signed me up for this is like that guy who tweeted out, like he actually got the tattoo of the what, of what the an world. animal. You got what an it. animal. Yeah, it appeared on my timeline. I'm like, oh, my. I kind of totally forgot that I put you in on it, too. Yeah, like, I get so tagged. So when are you this, getting it? This is, like, Sunday night. I get tagged in this thing. It's, like, you know, we're coming down from the post weekend. Like, the scaries are starting to set in. And the next thing I get, a notification, I got to get the back of the bird logo tattooed on me. <laughs> it won't oh. look that bad on your ass, man. You just get it on your ass. And yeah, well, I mean, if, if it's – if we <laughs> – if we got to send Ocello to get the tattoo design done, I'll have it by 2025. No problem. Yeah. So it'll be fine. And it just, just keeps getting delayed and delayed <laughs> and delayed. Oh man. I can't. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe who knows, uh, but yeah, that guy, I mean, that guy is a legend. So we got I guess we got to try and figure out too, if Shus played for it. Cause remember Shus was like, if yeah, he said he was than, going to, right. Yeah. If it was like more than 200 or 300 likes or retweets, he was going to pay for it. So I guess we're gonna have to do some digging and see if Shus paid for it, and then I guess and we have. Shus have... will pay for mine too. Yeah, exactly. I think and that's fair. I've I see I've seen his contract in Vancouver. I think he'll be fine. I'm I'm sure it's nice. So, <laughs> yeah, so Shus, you have to pay for Dan's, um, but he gets to choose where to put it. Yeah, so that that's. Fair. And he's got to buy dinner at Cactus after. Yeah, and then a night at. Um, oh, the Roxy. Damn yeah, it. No, on Shusser. <laughs> or he's got to take us out on his boat or is that mitch jones's boat they got they i think got it's little, jonesy's like, boat but yeah yeah i think it is looks like a bad time on there yeah those guys know how to have fun but yeah. uh other news lacrosse kind of you know field lacrosse news the team that's got our, all of our canadian hearts in division three is the rit tigers i think we all have a ton of buddies that Went there, a ton of friend of the programs that went there, been through there. A lot of NLL alumni, like yeah, great. So great many alumni that sure. are now in the NLL. So, um, and funny story, I actually paid my housing deposit to go to RIT. So Ooh. I'm technically a half Tiger, although they uh, they don't really like me in Tigerland because I chose to go to High Point instead of there. But it's uh, I had a great visit down there when I went. It was uh, it was an absolute blast. With um, you know, Macintosh was still there and um mj kikabelt and the boys and we had nice. we, we had a ton of fun and um i was ready to go to the go there but uh things things kind of changed but yeah we're pulling for the tigers so they are playing um this weekend i think sunday against um i want to say it's like salisbury but uh yeah the national championship so the they've kind of always gotten there and never like they got there once i remember watching before um when like brad gillies and guys like that were there so we're pulling for them this year. You know, we're Tigers are a friend of the program. So hopefully they can, uh, they can pull it off. I'm sure there'll be a couple of, a couple of boys. It'll be a couple of cottage springs deep watching that for sure. Yeah. They'll, they'll be a viewing party somewhere in Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. In, down in the Valley there in Dundas. Yeah. They'll, they'll be, they'll the, be a viewing party, but they'll yeah, have the projector got, screen. 
yeah, it'll be it'll be good. But yeah, no, it'll be interesting. I got uh got Danny Mac's little brother, Lukey Pilcher. Actually, it was hilarious. I was uh first year, so it seems like years ago, but first year with Rochester when I was the captain. So I guess like 2019 <laughs> or whatever the season, whatever this year got shut down. Yeah. But uh it was after one of the first games. We go to vinyl, set up a little night at vinyl for all the boys. And uh, I'm talking to the the general manager at the front and just, yeah, we're coming in, blah, blah, blah. It's not here. Polly, Polly. <laughs> and I, I look over and Lukey Pilcher is like 25 people back deep, just giving me the big wave. I love that. And then he's with another guy that I used to teach at the hill. So I'm just like, shit, I'm so old. Anyways, I'm like, all right, boys, let's go. Get Come on in, in. Let's go. Yeah. We had a little night, so it was fun. That's awesome. It's just, I love it's crazy because last time I, I like saw Pochi was when I was living in Victoria with Danny Mack. He was like, felt like he was in diapers still, you know? It's just crazy how it kind of like comes full circle. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm just an old bastard. Um, I don't even know. Did we, I don't even think we mentioned that today because of, or this episode, because of everything going on this weekend, national championship wise, we thought it was good timing to uh, to throw out the interview with uh, with our buddy Co- and former teammate for both of us, uh, Cody Jameson. So that's uh, I mean, what a brain the guy's got for for lacrosse. And he was I think there's a lot of people you can, you know, in certain sports, there's like that handful that like you're like, OK, they were legitimately just like born to do that. Yeah. And I, you know, that's I think that's the case for him. It's, you know we go through everything from for, through his whole career and kind of how he got where he did and where he has and, and different, different steps along the way. And then we ch- chat about that national championship against Cornell, which is just the craziest is, have you ever seen that one before? Like what yeah, I've seen happened? the, yeah, I've seen the play, but the, the thing is, I didn't know the backstory of it all. Like, I didn't know. I, I mean, we don't want to break it, but like, I didn't know he pl- didn't play that year. Oh basically. yeah. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Um, but I'll stand by, I'll stand by my, one word to describe Cody Jameson, ultimate gamer. That was, I will stand by. That was all time. Because <laughs> I didn't even realize it when you said it, like when we were recording. But then when somebody tweeted it out, oh, yeah, if Paul Dawson could choose one, one word for Cody Jameson, he chose two. <laughs> That's where that hashtag comes from, baby. Windsor yeah. educated. Windsor educated. That's but yeah, no, it was a great interview. I mean, I played with we both played with Jammer. I got to play with him for a long time. And again, I grew up playing against him my whole life. So yeah. Yeah, he is he's special though. He's won everywhere, and there's a reason that he wins everywhere. Again, like you say, there's just certain guys that can do it no matter what, and he he's one of them. Oh yeah, big time. But uh but yeah, I think other than that, if I you know, you tweeted out um you know, uh, what do people want to hear or, or things like that? We want to do more of that. Cause I think there's, there's the feedback part's awesome. Um, so I put in some show notes in here. Is Where? there anything that like sticks out in your mind from a Thursday night Peterborough match that just made you feel like you were in the heart of the borough or, or anything oh, that like sticks in your head? There is a ton. I mean, the amount of like, and I'll have to apologize because my mother listens to the podcast and she doesn't like the swearing so much, but uh, yeah. I'll try not to swear mom, but thank you for supporting the pot. Yeah. Subscribe comment. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, anytime you get in there, you're 3000 deep, you know, they're clapping, they're going crazy. Um, there's a couple one time. I mean, the amount of times I've been motherfucked from the stands in, in Peterborough, Dawson, you goon. <laughs> 
it's like yeah i mean it's, it's understandable they were right but it was hilarious because my whole family would come too and so you know how to have my old man up there he'd probably be getting in, in fights as well but there's two instances which, which were pretty funny um one i think either got in a fight or you know again stuff kind of always goes crazy towards the end so i'm in the penalty box and then i can't remember who i got in the penalty box with but in peterborough you can almost kind of get through like the timekeepers are in between you, but there's like not really glass or the glass is low. Right. So kind of get into a little chirping match with whoever it was. I can't remember, but I just finally had enough. So did the old classic Ty Domi just squirted. No way. Kind of the water kind of didn't make it all the way to the player. So I just drenched the whole timekeeper crew. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so needs to say they weren't very happy they call yeah. the ref over ref comes over he's like what are you doing i'm like obviously trying to plead my case like i didn't do anything but nothing happened but just squirted the whole timekeepers just filled the whole basically filled the whole timekeeper <laughs> box with water the boys are wearing suits in there now they gotta yeah. go home stoked. and then uh another classic one was i did get in a fight and you go in that back hallway at Memorial and it's kind of open. They have the one like sleepy security guard at kind of both ends. That's supposed yeah. to keep the peace. That guy's always napping. <laughs> yeah. So I get down there. Um, I'm kind of walking towards the change room. And then like a group of teenagers just like pop into like the little hallway. And they're like, fuck you, Dawson. You're a fucking <laughs> loser or whatever. And uh, I'm just like, what? And I'm like, you guys want to go? And they're like, nope. And then they just ran away. You're so right. Was, yeah. They just took off. They just, they just it, motherfucked me and then ran away. So that's amazing. That's, yeah. uh, yeah, not, I mean, mine definitely don't involve fighting, but I, like, I remember we were playing and this was when Bergie was still on Oakville too. And, and, uh, we were on the power play and like, I kept shooting, like the game was like out of reach. So I was like, somehow snuck my way into the, the shooter spot on the power play. I don't know how. And, um, I just kept shooting over and over again and then, um, wasn't scoring. And then they, I think they like got, they got a penalty or whatever. And it was Evie and Evie was like running. Cause he got caught on D and he got like a slashing penalty he ran by me. He's like, yeah, I just like, wouldn't shoot anymore, by the way. Like he just starts <laughs> chirping me. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, good idea. And then I just finally just like passed it to Bergie. Bergie scores right away. And I just like kind of ran to our bench and like gave Evie a thumbs up. He like gave me a thumbs up back. Like, yeah, you're not the one to shoot. Stop doing it. But, uh, Later, like kind of later in that game, I think they scored an empty netter and like that. And this was, that was like the first time I'd played there um, in senior, I think. And they were beating us and whatever, look in the crowd. It's like, it's, I mean, it's loud in there too. Right. Cause they're kind of oh, yeah. top you and whatever, four, 4,000 people. And yeah, um, I look up and there's just like this, like grandmother, like 80, 85, 90 year old wearing like a big Peterborough Lakers blue shirt. And she's fucking spinning her bra around her head. Like, at, to the goal song and i'm just like where, where the hell am i but it's uh yeah that i mean there's just they're so passionate there like it's dude even like sometimes driving in you know it's like you pull in you go up to like where you, everyone usually parks and the guys that let you in the parking lot like oh where are you from mm-hmm. like what are you doing kind of thing you here to watch the game like no we play for play for oakville and he's like oh well good luck tonight then <laughs> like yeah. just like chirping yeah. you. Oh man. But it's, uh, it's good. And then the, the best parts, the, 
the way out of there, you get you get the Vegas Strip with all the fast food joints you could possibly yeah. need for a quick little burger on the way home, and and hit the road. But I don't know if to, uh, uh, the other one that we got here from from the the fan reply was your best like welcome to the show moment in the NLL. Yeah, that I mean that's a t- I guess like my first one. I've never this one's kind of one I've never told, and it's kind of a welcome to the show moment, but. Uh, when I was when I was still was a goalie, so I was a third string goalie in, in San Jose my first year, and uh, like I said, I never traveled with the team. Like I was just on the active roster collecting a paycheck at at school, so it was amazing. I just yeah, like, I mean, first of all, we never even like that's an absolute university kid dream. Like it's not the most money in the world, but like oh no, you're crazy. literally I mean, you're just getting paid to go to school. Yeah, so like I'd go. I was in res at 21, which I think we kind of glanced over a little bit too. Like, yeah, wait. Yeah. I was like, wait, you're, you're living in a dorm at 21. Yeah. I was on the first <laughs> floor with like, it was like the old person floor. There was only like five of us. And uh, so you kind of do like that orientation and it's like, it's already like super awkward just cause you don't know anyone anyways. So the first floor, second floor kind of gets together. So I'm kind of getting in the mix, like trying to, you know, find some friends and, you know, we're having drinks and, we're upstairs in like the second floor. I'm trying to, you know, mingle with, with the locals, I guess, uh, in this residence. And then, you know, you're doing the pre-drink. That's all right. Time to go to the bar. So I'd be like, all right, like, uh, let's go to the bar. Right. And everyone's like, uh, we're 17. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I, I gotta get out of here. So luckily, like, luckily I got mixed up with like some good buddies. My age had been there for like three, four years and then started working at the bars and, but yeah, Res was, uh, it was so random. I, like the people that were the RAs. Yeah. I guess, right? Yeah. Like I was older than all of them. So yeah. They'd be just bullying everyone. Yeah. Around. So um, there'd be times where I'd come back after having too much fun uh, downtown. And they were like, and then, you know, I'm six foot five and they'd be like trying to like, hey, Paul, uh, you know, I can keep it down. I'd be like, get out of the way. You know, just pulling them. Like, just, it's like people so. trying to wrestle down King Kong. And just yeah, exactly. Uh, just like, hey, do you mind just like going into your room? Like slowly, yeah, just trying to like usher me like into the room and I like, close yeah. the door and lock it. <laughs> All right, he's in there. The lion's in there. So yeah. Um, so yeah, so anyways, so along that line, right? Like I'm not playing and I'm, uh, again, I'm fully into the the university lifestyle. Like yeah. all you can eat is fried food yeah, and you just crush drinks. So yeah. I'm eating fast food, crush drinks. I'm not the most healthy person in the world right now. So, and, but I'm like, I'm never going to play. Anthony Cosmo and Aaron Bold were the two goalies in San Jose. So it's like yeah. both really good goalies. And they literally told me, they're like, we're not flying you. So again, I'm just collecting an act, active roster paycheck. But then we were playing a Thursday night in Colorado. And cause couldn't go because he was a teacher. True. So he couldn't get it off for whatever reason. I think he like he was over his time, blah, 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 blah. Can't get it off. So I get a call on like the Monday. Like, hey, we need you to fly to Colorado. So again, anxiety through the roof because I'm, yeah. I'm like two thirty right now, two twenty five. I was two forty five. Oh, yeah. And if, <laughs> if you if I show you some of my uh, license pics from back in the day, I have the fat face. Like it's, oh, it's just great. a human fridge. Yeah, fat Paul. So, 
anxiety kicks in and obviously what do you do? You try and get in shape in four days. So get, get to the gym. I'm like, man, <laughs> so I grind for like three days. Obviously it doesn't do anything, but you think it's going to do something. So get there. We fly to Colorado and it was there. It was one of their first ever like black, not a blackout cancer night. I don't think, but it was like a blackout night. So they had the blackboards, 19,000 people wearing black. Wow. It was so sick. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm, I'm in there. I'm just like lost in space. I'm just watching. I'm like, this is so cool. Fans. It was a great game. And we had, like I said, we had a wicked team in, in San Jose. Colin Doyle, Jeff Sawicki and Boldy was, was playing. Cause cause going to come halfway through like second or third. It's, it's like a one goal game. We're either up or down. Boldy's playing awesome. Someone crease dives and takes him out. No. And he's, and he's not getting up. Oh no. Yeah. I'm like, so I start looking down the bench at well. <laughs> I'm like, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. Boldy get up, Boldy get up, Boldy please, get up, please Boldy get, get up. up. <laughs> and he's not getting up. Trainers out there. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to go in net here, and the game is on the line. Yeah. So, anyways, he finally gets up. Yes. So my heart, my heart comes back out of my throat. It drops down. We end up winning the game. So it was awesome. I remember there was like a minute left and we call it timeout. Walt brings us in. I think we're maybe, I can't remember where we're up, but we're winning like pretty good, I think at this point. And he just like whispers, he just like, hey boys, how's it feel? We just shut up 19,000 fans. <laughs> and it was like one of the coolest things. I was like, that's a, and then we went out and had a time. Yeah, it was yeah, awesome. That's so that was kind of my like welcome to the show moment, I guess um it was my first time but it was also like the scariest moment too yeah yeah i think uh that it, there is something like crazy about you know the polar opposites like if you score a goal in front of you know and what even if it's nine thousand people like and it's so loud and it's crazy your music's going like and it's a big goal like there's like something about that rush but then there's like also something about scoring a goal in Sask when there's like 15,000 there and it just goes completely silent. Yeah. Like, you hear the pin drop for sure. Yeah. And people are kind of asking me like watching the NHL playoffs. They're like, Oh, like, do you guys notice the crowd? Like when you're playing, I'm like, well, you don't really notice it. Like when you're playing until like you're done playing, you know what I mean? Like when you say, when you score that goal and everyone's quiet or yeah. like when you're getting the score run up on you and the fans are going crazy, like during the play, you don't really notice it, but it's, it's still, you can feel it though. And it's, it's nothing better than playing in front of a crowd. Like I said, yeah. I was telling you, I'm like the guys in the NHL right now want to be playing in front of fans. They don't so bad. Not want to be playing. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh and that, yeah, I've, I've been asked that too, about the, uh, about the music. Cause they play music during the games like basketball does. And yeah. Um, if like I ever know, and like, I've never noticed a song. I don't think like it's just no. never it's not even like playing you don't even notice it so it's no exactly i was having this conversation i was like yeah it's not like we're really dancing to pitbull in the middle of the play while i'm yeah. somebody. Black you're Betty like you're yelling <laughs> yeah you're like you're yelling at other guys you're trying to tell people someone's about to get their back broken with a pick so yeah. you, know, you don't really notice it but we're on the bench so maybe when the offense is out there yeah you could groove a little bit but not yeah. not during the play yeah and that's another thing too like you know i think the hidden the hidden side of like of you know the NLL, like there's, you know, for a while there was like music, music controversy where like teams, teams, DJs oh. would turn the music louder 
when their team was on offense so that the defending the opposing team's defense couldn't talk through picks and stuff like that's a hilarious thing to be happening in, in a professional sports arena. Like, and, but it's, it's, it wasn't frowned upon or like there was no rules against it. So it's like, sure. Why not do it? Yeah, no, I love that. It sucks, but I love that. Cause it, it's like the soccer mentality. Like why wouldn't you try and make it harder for people to come play in your arena? Yeah. Like, why would you try and make it easy? It's the whole thing like, oh, you shouldn't boo people at at games. It's unsportsmanlike. I'm like, no, man. As long as no one's getting hurt, you should try and make it as hard as it is for the opposing team. That's the reason why you have home field advantage is to make it hard on that visiting team. So, yeah, it is is kind of funny that some people are doing that. Yeah, yeah. What was – you got a welcome to the show moment other than walking to Rochester seeing – all six foot five of me just beautiful. <laughs> I think, uh, I, I think, I don't think mine really happened. Cause it's like, yeah, it was a weird first season. Yeah. It was a weird, weird first year. I think during that first year, um, we played, we played an away game in Toronto at Scotiabank. And I think, I think to walk, like to, to be able to like, after the game was over and obviously you have like, a, you know, a bunch of family at that game and stuff mm-hmm. to be able to kind of like, you know, go see my family and stuff and then grab my brothers and then, you know, walk down like by the Leafs room and like, you know, be able to kind of look at like all like their room or, or, and you know, all the pictures on the wall and then like kind of walk out to the arena and like walk through the entrance to, you know, what was known as the ACC to us, but Scotiabank. I think that was like the final, like for me, the first time it's ever like switched. Cause for me, it was always, I was the young one following them through OHL arena. Yeah, for sure. So I think that like that was kind of like whoa holy shit I'm actually playing in like the National League here and I get to show them stuff which was kind of kind of a cool thing for me just kind of being the youngest but yeah I don't I, I think you know other than you know I think there was <laughs> playing in Colorado um, you know when there's like when you split your pants on the D floor that well, was no one. not that one because I didn't even I wasn't even playing but when uh, like you play there and it's like you got the anthem going on. You got some, like maybe some people in the armed forces repelling from the ceiling. You got the hell's angels on the, and the motorcycle. Yeah. You got, you got, you got six motorcycles around you revving their engines while you're trying to breathe and choking in CO2. And then you got fireworks going off inside the arena and it's like, okay, boys, now we got to play. It's like, I am in the circus right now, but uh, no, it's, they do a good job show, like just putting on a show there. That's like more entertainment. Like we talked about wanting to do this podcast for it was like you know to just get the casual fan that doesn't maybe not know much about the sport but just be entertained like yeah for sure and stuff like that so um you know before we jump into the cody interview i was just i was thinking about this if there was like a bryson dechambeau versus brooks kepka like feud in the nll who do you think it would be do you have, do you have someone in mind? I, I, I kind of already brought this up before, but like for, for me, I think it's, I think it's Jason Noble and Sean Evans. I mean, I was thinking, it's funny you say that. I was just thinking Sean Evans versus everybody, <laughs> but, <laughs> like, but I think, I think there's like Sean Evans. I mean, even before we played, like, it's funny after like i was dragging him along the floor the season before last before we became teammates like we've been into so much stuff but that's the way he plays he just and same with noble like he's always in people's face but there is there is something there with those two for sure yeah i think so 
And it's nice because they're both kind of the same height. We're not, yeah. we're not. I love watching them mix it up. It's the yeah. best thing ever, man. Um, yeah, I don't really, I don't really have. That's a good one. I don't, I can't think off the top of my head anyone that was is like really, um, that really could do it. I think that that's a good one. I like I said, I, I just was thinking Shawnee versus pretty much everyone in the NLL. Yeah, yeah, but, he likes mixing it up. So, yeah. um. But yeah, I think that's. I don't know if there's anything else you want to do, touch on before we throw it over to Cody here. No, that's great. It was a. This is a good interview, and um, again, we'll have one interview, or sorry, we'll have one episode this week, and we're gonna have one episode for most weeks. Sometimes we'll have two. A surprise here, but yeah, just keep keep giving us the feedback. Yeah, we're gonna try and get a little more fan engagement, like we did. We'll we got all those suggestions, so there there's some funny things we want to do with those suggestions. So. Again, keep listening. We'll we'll have some funny some funny clips coming up here with that stuff. Yeah, I think uh, you know you, you've stressed it the last couple episodes too. Like, send this stuff around, send the episodes out to a friend or whatever, and you know even if they're not into lacrosse, like that's why we want to do this. So we want to try to get a better perspective on explaining the game too, um, yeah. and then just like we're doing, just kind of shooting the shit and having fun with it. So um, yeah, I guess, you know, if that's all we've got, what we'll do now is, is we'll send it over to, uh, to our buddy, Cody Jameson, and we'll chat about kind of his, his career and, and the national championship stuff and times up well with, with what's coming up this weekend. So here we go over to Cody. So our guest today finished his outstanding junior career with 199 goals and 395 points. Um, as well as 141 goals and 251 points in the playoffs. In his last season, he won the Green Gale Trophy as league MVP and was also given the Jim Veltman Award as the league's most outstanding player. He helped guide Six Nations to four straight league championships, as well as their first Minto Cup in 15 years. Throughout his senior A career, he's amassed 258 points in 66 regular season games, as well as 226 in 53 playoff games. He's won th- and won three t- three man cups during his time with the Chiefs. Cody attended Onondaga Community College and ultimately transferred to Syracuse University, where he scored the 2009 NCAA National Championship winning goal and graduated with a degree in communications, the first member of his family to do so. In the NLL, he was drafted first overall by the Rochester Nighthawks in 2010 and has since amassed 281 goals. 482 assists for 763 points in 150 regular season games, as well as 85 points in 20 playoff games. He led the Rochester Nighthawks to three straight championships and is now the captain of the Halifax Thunderbirds. Welcome to back of the bird, Cody Jameson. Thanks for having me guys. That's a big intro. I almost had a stroke and I, that's the, yeah, that's only the half. that was like a third of it. Yeah. That's the synopsis version. I didn't even, uh, I figured just being, you know, the kind of guy you are, you wouldn't want me to go through all the individual award list, but gee, Good man, that's a, uh, that's a long list. So man, it's uh we appreciate you, you jumping on. I know you're, you're in the midst of quite some travel events right now, but uh, yeah, man, we appreciate you taking the time. The one thing I wish I said on there was he scored about 27 wrong side twisters on me in junior <laughs> A. Ultimately, I, sometimes I forget you're a goalie. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You've made him, you you scored on him so many times. He had to be a D guy after. From the wrong side of the floor, dude, he would come across the top. He'd be on his wrong side and he'd score back the other way. I couldn't <laughs> stop it. 
awesome. everybody always said, do not shoot high. And I'm like, but I was in junior. I didn't have a low shot. I said, I got to shoot high on him. And somewhat, somehow he thought he could go drop to his knees every time. I don't know why. <laughs> hybrid. That was a hybrid goalie. <laughs> oh, that's good, man. So I think uh, you know, what we've been doing just – walking through kind of chronologically of, of your career. And then, you know, if there's any stories that kind of come up along the way, we'll, we'll dive into them. So I, you know, <laughs> I'm sure there's, there's, you know, there's years we could kind of rewind it to, I know, you know, you jumped into junior really young. Um, and, you know, I think just selfishly, because I think my brother's going to want to shout out, we're going to start with that season <laughs> where, you know, Dave gets traded over to six nations. He's supposed to be this big old guy gets put out the back door and you know 2006 what was what was that year like for you guys um it, it was fun it was a fun year you know we we were we were picked to win it pretty early and we picked up uh your brother the original Lomi and we picked up uh Andy Secor from Brampton where uh Paulie Doss was the goalie there and yeah. you know and we end up meeting each other in the finals um not in the finals in the Semis that semi yeah, second yeah. round yeah semi-finals yeah and uh and they went they went up on us and uh we were you know, up, i remember secor wasn't three were we up three three nothing? one three one yeah three, three one, one maybe yeah yeah and uh it was a battle and i remember secor was really really hurt because he played his minor the end of his minor career and all of his junior years with the with the brampton boys and kind of jumped ship with us to try and chase one and uh being down to them you know he was he was riding it hard so we you know we all banded together and kind of you know we got to do this for seeks at least uh get past this round and ultimately went to the went to the finals we were hosting that year anyway um so we were in the minto cup but to lose to brampton would have been bad for him one story about your brother that i remember the first time he showed up oh fuck <laughs> first time he showed up to practice we were we all knew of him from his, you know from his days playing and first time he showed up to practice his quads were this big his shorts yeah. the shorts we gave him he didn't even fit his legs Davey his was a big were, boy yeah straight from the o straight from the o and just he couldn't run we were all making fun of his uh, <laughs> fun of his little trot because he couldn't run his legs were too thick they hit off each other or something <laughs> he's starting to fire he's starting to fire between his legs they're rubbing together so hard <laughs> he's gonna he i mean we're gonna i'm gonna have to go shrink his head down a few sizes once once i once this podcast comes out because he's gonna be all all fired up but uh quadzillas we were calling them we we're just oh, getting quadzillas over I here i think it, we can bring him back down to earth because back then he also had the luscious locks too and i think he did have the not luscious blonde locks yeah boy have things changed now no <laughs> <laughs> oh man so yeah it's, i mean so obviously that year you know didn't end the way you guys wanted it to. And, you know, you go on to the next year, you know, you get, you get heavy, you know, you move into kind of a year that, you know, even more, it must've felt like, all right, like now if this is, this is us, we've got everything, you know, and, and not, you know, not like you didn't have it before, but I think once you add like another piece that, that did win too, right. That, that must change things for sure. Yeah. What's the, what's the old story. If you can't beat them, you know, join them and, uh, <laughs> Or, or in our case, go get him. Yeah. So, uh, in 2006, uh, Sean was, you know, a man amongst boys, definitely playing in junior, and he carried that Peterborough team. You know, what what kind of stung more was we owned them for all those years. You know, we beat them. I don't know if we swept them, but we beat them four games to one in the in the finals, Ontario finals, 
And then they just went on a roll in the Minto Cup in 2006, and they didn't lose. And, you know, to own them all season long and the seasons previous, like, and to lose when it finally mattered, you know, that kind of stung. But, yeah, it was awesome getting him. It was great getting to know him and, and seeing, you know, being on his team and, you know, learning from him, seeing how good he is and just the little things that he does definitely elevated my game, just being able to play with him. That's awesome, man. That's uh... – and then you guys, you guys went on to win, and 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 we we just talked to uh, we actually just talked to Shawnee. You know, had a great little chat with him too. And um, you know, what was what was it like winning out there? Is there any you know anything that you know sticks out for you in terms of kind of just like finally you know do I we talked about it like when I read that bio. You know, it's first one. It was the first one in fifteen years, I think. And was that like a you know obviously you're far from home when you win it, but did that did you just feel that pride of kind of the whole community you know around you guys? Yeah, big time. And, and uh, you know, it was it was amazing just being out there, you know, the support that we always get out there, you know, with the with the Six Nations Chiefs and with the Arrows, you know, um, you know, they all the natives out in uh, out in BC definitely, you know, support us big time when when we make the, the trip down out to the West Coast. So it was a lot of fun. I remember one of the one of the big things during that 07 team was who was going to have to room with me and Shawnee because, you know, me and Shawnee were kind of attached at the hip. And, uh, you know, back then, we, uh, he probably still does. But back then, I had a lot of energy. I had a little ADHD kind of problem, and, <laughs> and it fit right into him. And, you know, that was the big the big thing on our team was who was going to get stuck with us because it was three to a room. Yeah. Um, so who who had to get stuck with us? And they put the goalie, Ben Venivery, with us. I don't, I don't know why. That must have been bad for him. <laughs> ben Venivery. He's the best give and take goalie to ever play the game of lacrosse, dude. He was the best. He, he was pretty small in there, but uh, you know, one of the best chirps I heard of for him was "You're nothing without your pads." And then he just looked at him and just said, "Yeah, neither are you." <laughs> <laughs> That's classic, man. And I think uh, you know what, this is a this is an interesting question. I don't even know if there's you know maybe going to be like a, a moment or like a period of time that's you know, you're going to be able to think about, but obviously, you know, having the chance to play with you in Rochester for some time and, and, you know, I was got a lot of time to watch and, and see kind of how you played the game when you got, you know, healthy from, <laughs> from, from your knee. And, sorry. And, sorry. I just heard got a, had a lot of time to watch. I, I did. I, 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 had a, I had a bird's, <laughs> I had a bird's eye view from, uh, for most of the, the season, but it was cool to watch you. Cause it's like, you, you know, your brain just thinks the game differently. And I think that's like, you know, did you notice, did you, like when you were young, was that something that because maybe you were smaller in nature or, or something like that, that you felt like your brain and, and IQ for kind of predicting things and stuff was developing, you know, early on, or was that a time you remember? Um, yeah, I kind of knew earlier on, like when I was a lot younger, minor lacrosse that I, I kind of, I thought a little bit differently out there. Um, a lot of that has to do with like just my dad going to games and watching games and, and him kind of. You know, I wasn't the kid that ran around the arena. I was a kid that I enjoyed sitting down and watching. And my dad just really, you know, helped me help me through that. You know, watch this. Did you see this? Um, and point things out back and forth to each other. Um, ever since I was young, that that's I sit with my dad and and we just talk the game. Did your old Did your old man play? Like I love your I, I love your old man. Sit down talking with him. But did he play? Because I know he's huge into like car racing, right? But he played. Yeah, yeah, he played. Uh, he played lacrosse. He played for the arrows when they're okay. junior B still on the res. Okay. Um, that's about as high as he went. He had, you know, he had me and my older brother 
um, you know, he had two two boys by the time he was 18 years old, right? So yeah, he kind of had to young. give up the game. He had to give up the game pretty young. Um, mm. He says it was for us, but he also says that, uh, you know, he wasn't much of a player. He was uh, he was the guy that, uh, you know, would be chasing somebody on a breakaway and trip and throw a stick between their legs as they were <laughs> running. Or he told me he told me one story. He had a breakaway and, and that was few and far between for him. He had a breakaway and he didn't really care about scoring. So we just wound up and shot it at the goalie's head as hard as he could, knowing that, you know, that goalie was kind of tempered. So he shot it at his head as hard as he could and turned around and start running back to his end as fast <laughs> as he could. <laughs> Got the center and then turned around, threw his gloves off and he, all hell broke loose there. But uh, yeah, he's a self-proclaimed goon. I never, obviously never got to see no game film, but he was a self-proclaimed goon and uh, you know, not too much skill, but loves the game. I can, I can feel, I, I feel him on the last part there, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, you know, moving into, you know, how, and I'm, this is always is so interesting to hear, you know, guys like you and, and Randy and, um, you know, other guys that, that went, you know, the, the OCC route and, and started there. Like, how did you start getting in talks with them? And, and what was that kind of process like for you? Um, well, I had, I didn't really have big plans to go to this, go to the States and go to school. Like I always knew it was an option, but I didn't, I didn't take high school seriously enough. I, I graduated high school with like a 54% average, just, you know, just enough to get by the entire time. I had a, me and Kent, me and Kent uh, Squire booked our SATs the same day. And I went out and partied the night before and didn't wake up to, to go to the go to my SAT test. So I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't write the SAT. So right then and there, you know, all my division one, you know, talks with schools kind of went out the window and uh, Sid was actually at OCC already. So he, uh, coach Wilbur just asked him, you know, is there anybody up there that can play? And he, you know, obviously said my name and off I went. That's awesome, man. That's uh and did you guys, when you were there, you were there for two years, is that right? Yeah. And did you guys, I mean, from everything I see it, I think OCC wins a national championship every year. Like you guys, I mean, you're a powerhouse, you know, I think there's, I forget the, what's the name of the school, the other school that's, um, is it in Long no, Island? Yeah. Nassau, Long Island was, was a big school while I was there. Um, we were, I was a part of the first, um, Onondaga national championship. Um, we were, we were the first ones to win. Sid was actually there the first year when they beat uh, Herkimer Community College. The first time, that was the first time Herkimer lost a region, region that's three championship school, in 22 years or something. About. Herkimer. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're thinking about. They're okay. a powerhouse too a little bit. Yeah, so the, the year before I got there, Sid's freshman year was the first year that Herkimer lost a region three championship in 22 years. So it was a big deal. Like OCC was on the up and coming after that year. And then our, my first year there was the first time they won a national championship. We went, uh, yeah. And we went, they went on a heck of a run after that. Unreal. And then you, you know, from there, obviously it's, you, there's, there's a pretty good pipeline from, from OCC to, you know, to Syracuse and, and, you know, I know they've got, you know, scholarship programs and stuff like that, which, you know, guided you there. And what, so what was it like, you know, you step on a campus at a massive university like that. And it's like, you know, what, it, what was that like for you? And what was that, that, you know, I get what I, what, what year was the national championship to nine, 2009? 2009. Yeah. yeah. What was that? What was that whole year like for you? Well, I was fortunate enough that, that Sid was there a year before me and he won and won national championship in 2008. So um, 
I was already in Syracuse at finishing up at OCC. So I was always, you know, up, up hanging out with him. Um, so I was fortunate that I knew all the guys already. Um, I was up there. I was already, you know, accustomed to their, their lifestyle and, and the, you know, the South campus where everybody, where all the athletes stay. And, you know, so I was comfortable up there right from the get go. That year was tough for me though, because I was uh, academically ineligible. The school didn't take all my credits from OCC. So I had to, you know, jump a lot of, jump a lot of hoops to get in, uh, you know, to be fully admitted by the NCAA, just because my, all my, I had, I graduated with, from OCC with like 56 credits or something like that. And they only accepted 27 of them or something along oh, those lines. So yeah. it was, uh, it was a little bit of a hurdle in that sense. Uh, but once I got going, it was, it was amazing. And I, you know, Paulie, again, I'm, I'm, I'm hijacking these questions because these, when I start asking Jammer these questions, it gets me all fired up. But I remember, you know, obviously you, you become eligible, you know, kind of into the playoffs right that year. Um, yeah, two, ga two games before the before the finals – or not before the finals, but before, before the tournament the started. Yeah. So, yeah. Hold on. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm coming in. Yeah, so did you not play <laughs> any regular season games? I played two. I got in for, I think, two minutes uh, this, the – second to last game and then i played the last game uh before the tournament started dude i never knew that so you're you were ineligible all year then you got into two two games after becoming eligible yeah when i became eligible our first game was on the road um at umass and you know there's a lot of hype because everybody knew i just became eligible and yeah. I, I stood in my normal spot at the end of the bench for the whole game. Like I, I thought I was going to get to play. I'm finally eligible. And I rode the pines hard and it was hot <laughs> that day. So I got in for the last two minutes and uh, yeah, I probably, I probably could have scored a couple, but I, I, you know, I, I passed instead of shot and, you know, and uh, the guy I passed uh, didn't, didn't bury. So I, uh, <laughs> the apple, the apples didn't come, but uh, I felt comfortable right away. Yeah. And that's, I remember, like, I've got a vivid memory as a kid, like, you know, again, cause you hear these stories and, and, you know, I know you played against kind of my brother growing up and stuff. And then, you know, I remember like, Oh, he's eligible. Let's watch. We got to watch the game. We got to find a way to watch the game. And like, we're watching him. Like, what the fuck's going on? Why is he not playing? But, and then anyways, we'll fast forward a little bit. And I, I remember, you know, playing a watch with you after obviously I'd, you know, seen the play, seen the tying goal and stuff and everything that happened in that game against Cornell and completely mental. But I remember something you telling me when we were in Roch that, you know, the second that you guys were in OT and the coach told you that you were going on the field, you knew right away that you were scoring the goal to win the championship. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I guess that's a confidence in me right from the get go. I just said, if I get the ball, I'm going to, I'm going to go score. And, uh, you know, the, the offense that we ran, we ran, we, we would start off open like a lot of other teams. So I knew I was going to get the ball and I, I knew I was going to go. Ultimately it didn't end up like I, I was going to get the ball and go. And, but uh, yeah, I had, I had it all planned out, uh, you know, a, a celebration and, and everything. I knew I was going to score. That's awesome, man. That's wild, man. That's what, but I mean, dude, like you say the conference, but that is, that has been one thing in your game. Like, I think that's been there the whole time, though, man. Like, you say, like, even, you know, guys coming in ineligible and playing, like, last two games, a lot of people probably wouldn't be able to, like, step into that role, dude. But, like, you, again, 
I think just the way you grew up, the way you grew up playing in the game too, like confidence has always been a huge thing in your game. Like you always like you miss, you're going to take that shot a hundred times, a hundred times again, other guys will pull away. Right. So that's pretty crazy though. But to, for it to come to fruition, that's, that's Isn't that cool. I mean, I remember, yeah. I remember him telling me that and being like, all right, this guy's a fucking sorcerer. Like I, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of weirded out now. <laughs> But I and, and I think well I, think, I didn't I didn't expect to even be in a be a, on the field for overtime I didn't I think I played I played the whole fourth quarter of that game in the championship but I didn't I played sparingly like very minimal minutes throughout the game I think I played you know maybe like a handful in the first quarter none in the second maybe like two minutes in the third I was on all the man ups which you know accumulated some thirty seconds at a time but a minute at a time, but I didn't really play too much. And to play the whole fourth quarter, I was in the, you know, going into overtime, I was at the back of the huddle when coach Desco was, you know, drawing up the play, whatever he wanted to do. <laughs> even see I was the at play. the back of the huddle looking around. No, I didn't see the play. I had no idea what he was talking about. Checking out girls in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. I think it was, um, you know, obviously a guy for us, like all, you know, all three of us, we were in together in Roch and, um, you know, a guy that I've looked up to for a long time and Sid Smith, like seeing, you know, obviously every year he was kind of ahead of you and helped you kind of guide. And then to see you sprint right at him after scoring, I think that was, I mean, that must've been a pretty special moment for you guys. Yeah. Like I said, I, I had a plan. Uh, you know, I knew I was going to score. I had a celebration plan and that was not it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, after, after I, uh, after I caught the ball, the pass, immediately I knew I like right then and there I didn't throw it in the net yet but as soon as I caught that pass from Dan Hardy I, I knew it, I just scored I my first thought was holy shit I just scored the game-winning goal and then I threw the ball it's yeah. fun I didn't even watch a ball go in and just spun and like my first thought was just like holy shit I gotta I gotta get to Sid um so I kind of ruined my plan <laughs> celebration but obviously it turned out for the better where you know looking back at it that was probably the best celebration I could have had what was so the what, plan? what was the plan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the plan? <laughs> well, jerseys off. Our, bench, off no, <laughs> our, our bench was right in front of our, right in front of our like family section. So um, at the end of the end zone, there, the tunnel that we came out there, you know, our locker room was right behind our bench. So I was going to run through the tunnel at the, through the end of the end zone and leave the field and come back out in front of our bench, in front of all of our, and I just, you know, everybody would obviously not everybody, but some people would be, you know, chasing me. So I thought that'd be cool. And that, so that was my original plan. And, you know, That's looking funny. back, it was probably not the best idea. And the, <laughs> the one that actually happened was better, but. Oh, that's good. I think Jersey's off would have been the best one. Yeah. Man. It's just the... <laughs> fucking take it off and helicopter it around. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, Paul, you want, I, I just, fuck, I just asked 77 questions. No, man, that's Paul. great. I mean, yeah. So like, yeah, the cues, obviously then you move on. Right. So let's, let's go to NLL. Uh, when did Kurt buy the team in Roch? Uh, 2008. Okay, so then obviously you're leaving Syracuse, Rocha, I think, and kind of Kurt, from what I remember, like, did some finagling, gets that first first overall pick, right? There were some trades. Yeah, I think it ended up like, uh, he told me this story one time where he was sitting down, and um, a lot of people forget that the year Sid came out, Rochester held the first and second pick 
Mm-hmm. Um, that was after the championship. So, you know, it obviously would have been ideal for me to come out after that championship yeah. and, and forego because then he could have got me and Sid in the same, you know, one and two. And he had the first and second overall picked. And to get the first overall pick the next year as well, that was going to be a tough task. Um, he told me the story, though, that he, he obviously he wanted to draft me. And uh, he just sat down and thought, you know, who, who do, who do I think is going to finish last? That's his thought. Who, who did he think was going to finish last in the league? And, you know, so he made the right move and made a play for that, for that team's first overall pick, you know, thinking that they're going to finish last. That was before the season started. No shit. uh, It happened. takes a gamble. No, it's fucking, Mm -hmm. it's both you guys just predicting the future. I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's amazing. uh, he, he, he did it. And, uh, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what team or, or what happened, but, uh, you know, for him to, for him to make a deal like that, to get the, you know, to, for anything, for anybody, you know, the first overall pick oh, two yeah. years in a row. It's crazy. Well, that's uh, crazy. That's crazy. Well, just for him to take a gamble, like, yeah, regardless if it's you or whoever, but take a gamble, be like, I just want the first overall pick. So I'm going to choose Minnesota. Like, I don't know if it was them, but just yeah. make a trade. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I thought so, you were going to say the Riptide, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, hey, I'm not – I don't slander teams. on Very good, good. I slander players. And the only player is my brother. I slander my brother all day on this thing until he comes on. Um, so you sign, you get drafted first. Then you sign that 10-year deal, like right off the bat. What? Yeah, I knew – uh, we, we just knew – you know, yeah. I, I obviously I didn't want to go anywhere. Rochester's close enough. Yeah. That, uh, you know, I've always I've always liked having my family around and having For my sure. family watch me. And obviously, with Kurt owning the team, um, you know, it was already like a family team where, yep. where everybody already supported the Nighthawks, and uh, you know, so it just it was perfect for me to, uh, you know, to get drafted there. If I got drafted somewhere else, it would have been, uh, you know, it would have been tough, you know, not having uh, my family around as much. Yeah, hundred percent. That's I remember, and I said it's another funny, like just you know, one of those things you remember as a kid, like rumbling start coming. It's like he signed this, he signed this ten year deal, and I'm like, everyone's like, no, it's a myth, it's a myth, like it didn't actually happen. It's I mean, and it's just so funny, like you know, again that these uh, you hear all these stories or you watch all these things happen, and then it's like next thing you know, I know I'm I'm sitting in the stands watching this guy play with a suit on, so it's uh, it's uh, it's too funny, man, but. uh now, I think the cool, I mean, obviously it's just insane that you guys won three in a row in Roch. Was there, you know, obviously, I think, obviously I don't know myself, but, you know, in terms of championships and stuff, each one obviously has its own kind of identity. Was there, you know, was there one that for you that sticks out the most in terms of whether it was the hardest or meant the most or the team was so, you know, it turned it around at the right time or, or something like that? Um. No, not really. All of them were pretty different and, uh, you know, pretty special in their own. Something happened throughout the year, you know, whether it was that brawl that we got in in, uh, in Minnesota where, where a few of us went to jail and, you know, got suspended and all that. So there was a, there was a team event that kind of happened that brought everybody together uh, and, made, and made those years special. You know, the first two years we were huge underdogs and, uh, you know, the last, the last one, we, you know, we had a good year actually. And, yeah. and we were the favorites. So um, all of them are, were pretty special. I wouldn't be able to pick one or one over the other. Yeah. I'll say, I mean, I got 
I remember like you guys went in that first one and yeah, like you guys kind of came out of nowhere. Edmonton was like kind of just making their trajectory and, and you guys, you kind of take over that game and, and you guys win that championship. And then that second year, like me and my brother get traded. And uh, I remember winning that championship with you guys. Cause then all of a sudden like there was an ex, we were okay that year, but there was an expectation like, Hey, we got to win this championship. But I remember winning that. And, uh, it was almost like a relief, man. Like I wasn't like even happy. I was just like, cause I hate coming into places and like fucking things up. And like, you know, you guys had established thing. Let's do it on this podcast. <laughs> but like that third one, like I'll say that third one for me, like it was kind of like an accumulation of like those three years where, yeah, we were legit. Like we were number one the whole year. And then we have that, like we have that good playoffs and, and that was in, that one was in uh, 14. Vancouver. Yeah, in Vancouver, no, th- right? No, our third one was against uh, Calgary that- at home. Uh, okay, so that one was actually crazy. But then just that whole year was great, and then that that overtime was wild. But, I mean, that third one, like, I really was, like, I could really enjoy. But I remember that second one, I was just like, oh, like, thank God. Like, we did it. But, anyways, that's, that's just me. That's funny. They All right, so this one, we're going to get into, like, a little bit of – a little bit of like kind of fun, fun questions here. So I, I feel like I think I know what your answer is going to be for this one, but where is your, let's take Rochester out of the picture, pregame meal. What's your favorite spot anywhere in the league? And what is your meal? Staffs in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. And my, pre-game, <laughs> and my pregame meal is a, is a chicken farm. And I have, I have. It's the only I place I ever get chicken parm, by the way. Like I'm not a huge chicken really? parm kind of guy, like everybody is. No, and, and chefs is like the only place. And you know, that was early in my career, and throughout the years, the only nobody wants to go there anymore. Polly and Dan kind of came in and ruined the fun for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so by the end of it, you know, there's me, Dogger, uh, <laughs> you know, Sid. <laughs> Gussie, you know, there wasn't very many of us that kept going to chefs in Buffalo, but, uh, you know, even, even still, I, I make sure I go there every pregame in Buffalo. You and Bill is shit for a week after chefs. When <laughs> That's I right. There, Dude, the one, there was one game, there was one game when I was, you know, I'm here and I, and it's funny, like you mentioned Paul and Dan, like obviously like eating healthy and, and getting ready for game and stuff. And like, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm on the practice roster. So I'm like, I mean, I don't, I hear about this place. They're saying it's good. I want to go. Paulie's Paulie's looking like I'm going to go murder someone. He's like, don't go, don't go, don't go. You can't go. I end up going. I couldn't even, I could barely warm up. I felt like I was pregnant with triplets. It was just like the heaviest meal, but it was so, I mean, I don't know what they do there, but that food is so, so good, but it's just well, like your claw. The trick is you just can't eat it at all. You know, that's, that's the big part is you just, you just enjoy it as much as you feel like. And you, you know, you take the leftovers, never end up eating it, but, you take the leftover, you take the doggy bag and, and you go on your way, you know, don't, don't eat it all. So, um, but I came into the league at a different time. Um, you know, my rookie year, I, I sat between um, Sean or Micah Kersey and Chris Schiller. And I sat in the middle of those two at the, at the table. And my whole rookie year, I wasn't allowed to order my own food for any, for any restaurant, any pregame meal, any, any meal that we had, you know, those two guys, told me what I was eating. Michael Kersey and Chris Schiller, you know, you're eating this rookie. And what so were they, they were to you? Chicken. Yeah. Everything. Who knows? Like it was, you know, <laughs> chicken parm. It was, 
you know, when we're in Boston, it might be like a seafood platter or, you know, Philly, we're eating at Maggiano. So, you know, they ordered whatever they wanted and I just got what, uh, you know, got what they, what they ordered me. That's amazing. It's but that was the thing about chefs, man. I couldn't, like you say, I will say chefs is delicious, but I couldn't trust the dog not to go overboard. The dog, <laughs> dude, you can't tell me Dogger ever had a good game in Buffalo after Chefs. <laughs> like, dude, you maybe, <laughs> yeah, because you could control yourself. The dog, no way, dude. He was barking. <laughs> Dogger was taking your order, ordering the, the sauce to go and ordering, <laughs> <laughs> ordering an extra meal for after. The oh, game. yeah. You know, that's uh, one of the things I love about Dogger. Oh, he's he's the best, man. If you ever get him on here, like, he's the best. That guy's just, oh, just well, watching him. Paul, you know what I mean. What do you mean? What do you mean? What are you talking about? I love that guy. Any Peterborough guy, man. Any Peterborough uh, guy is all, it's you know, they're all, they are. It's their own country, dude. It's their own country over there. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, I think – and, and this is, you know, obviously like timeline wise doesn't really line up with anything specific, but obviously you've, you know, you've been dealt your fair share of, of injuries, you know, over the years. And, you know, I think. But just, a- sorry, like not just to step in, like not even injuries though. Like we're talking like you've had three <laughs> probably career ending injuries that you've come back from three yeah, or yeah. have you torn your ACL three times? No, twice. Twice, okay. Sorry, so you have th- you've had yeah. three like career-ending injuries. Sorry, Danny. No, it's yeah. and and that's like that's part of what I was gonna get into, man. I, I remember you know again like chatting with you and stuff, and um you know when you did your Achilles, it was kind of like you you followed, you were motivated by Kobe Bryant and kind of like him going through it and getting through it, and and then the knees and stuff, and and playing in the Man Cup with your with fucking no knee and and you know, <laughs> being the guy that turned that series around. Is there like you know, from the mental aspect side of the game, like, is there something that you just always tell yourself, like, I'm going to keep doing this. Like it's, you know, I don't have a choice. I'm, this is me. This is what I do. Or what, you know, what is it for you? I think it's just the love of the game that, uh, that just keeps driving me. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know my life. I guess I do know my life without it right now during, uh, during this time and, and yeah. it sucks you know the <laughs> <laughs> whole family's behind <laughs> get me out of here <laughs> well i definitely you know I, I love my family i love my family time but you know the time with the boys and time in the dressing room and, and the time on the road and you know your name of your podcast is perfect you know the time spent uh, you know at the back of the bird or back yeah. of the bus and you know, hanging out in the dressing rooms after games and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I love, that I enjoy doing. And I love hanging out with the boys and, and having a laugh. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, I, that while I was hurt, that I, that I was missing that I, you know, that I really wanted to get back to. Yeah. And we, I mean, we didn't, we didn't pay him to answer the question with featuring the name of the podcast, but <laughs> fuck did that ever, I can't wait to sound clip that and make it a fucking little teaser. I mean, what a pat on the back. Eh? Yeah, that was just I mean, great. It, the amount of times we're just stumbling into shit on this thing. It doesn't even make sense, but <laughs> that's, uh, that's good, man. I know, uh, I know you're, you know, you've, you've got, you know, you've got a pack schedule here and the family's trying to hit the road. We got kind of five more minutes with you. So I, you know, I'm interested and this is up. It's obviously up to you and in terms of kind of like how you want to field it or whatever, but 
I'm I'm new to understanding what the hell's going on with this, but like, what's you know, what's the deal with this this TLL and Junior A and and you know your new position with uh, with with the team in Six Nations? Um, and my whole position is, uh, you know, the more lacrosse the better. So I don't I don't have a problem with the with the new league forming. I you know I think if it holds more if it keeps more players playing with game of lacrosse, especially at a high level. Um, then I'm all for it. Um, but the reason why I, I, I did what I did and, and tried to keep the, you know, the Six Nations OLA team going is because, you know, I think our kids need that, uh, you know, need that, uh, that feeder system, you know, minor lacrosse to junior B to junior A to senior B or senior A. And by, you know, by taking out the junior A program, it kind of stopped it in its tracks where, you know, the Chiefs wouldn't be able to call up from the TLL program because that's like an outlaw league. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there would be no, you know, I take a lot of credit or a lot of my stuff, a lot of, a lot of the things that I did, I, you know, I, I felt I elevated my game by playing up a level. So when I was in midget, I was getting called up to junior B junior A. And when I was in junior A, I was getting called up to play for the chiefs. And, you know, I, I think that definitely helped develop my game and, and make myself a little bit better um, by playing up against, you know, competition wise. So being, you know, having, having the boys not being able to do that, I, I didn't think that was right. I don't think that uh, a group of, a group of individuals should have the power to say that, you know, we don't, we don't want the OLA junior A lacrosse in, in our community. Um, and I've said it, uh, I'm fine with, you know, whatever the kids choose, if they want to play the TLL, then, then, you know, they should go play, play the TLL. Um, but if they, I just want to make sure that it's the, it's the player's choice. It's, uh, you know, the young men, teenagers 16 to 21 it's them and their families making the choice whether they want to go play there or not and you know to keep junior a and six nations if they want to stay there and play compete for the mental cup and play in the ola they have their entire lives and that should be their that should be their choice that's amen awesome. brother yeah i think that's awesome and i think uh i don't know why this just popped in my head but uh you know I, i'm thinking about the story we were in Sask and, and uh, you know, all of us are at the bar together or whatever. And, and uh, I honestly have absolutely no idea how I just, I remember ending up at a house party in the middle of, of Saskatoon or wherever, <laughs> wherever they are. And I don't see any, like, cause the whole night we were all together. Like we we're all, you know, and it was, was it, I think it was right after the finals, like when, you know, we, we lost the finals and, you know, the next thing I know, I'm like, I'm in a cab on the way back back to the hotel. I finally see Jeremy and he grabs me. He's like, I wasn't going to say anything to anyone, but I thought you were dead. I thought that was it. <laughs> you were missing like, you, like MIA, no, no phone, no Nothing. Texas. No, nobody heard from you, man. We're getting, we're getting ready to leave. I thought, I thought you were gone, man. I thought you were a goner. Like I was, I was legitimately scared. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess I wasn't because I thought I was hanging out with my best friends at some house party. <laughs> new best friends, new best yeah, friends. new ones. But yeah, I know, again, I know you got, we're, uh, you're in a time crunch. So Polly, I don't know if you got anything else for him or Jammer, you got anything else you want to throw out there? To you, Jams, you got anything you want to plug? No, I can't. I can't think of anything. Um, I had a couple of stories as we were going, but I didn't want to interrupt, and and now those stories are gone. Oh, <laughs> well, I get, well, we'll have to do. Uh, we'll have to do a round two. We'll do a sit down and kind of because we didn't even really dive into like the senior side of things, and I think no. that's the stuff that 
is like, cause to me, that's like, I, you know, there's just such a grind to win in that. And I, and I think that there's a lot of people that don't really understand what senior a and the man cup is like, especially American lacrosse fans and stuff. So we'll have to get you back on and, and dive into, uh, dive into that side of things and maybe a little bit more of the uh the fun stuff too yeah we even yeah. talk about like the celebrations of the championships either anything like yeah. that but um honestly jams man it's great to see you again and like it's been a pleasure talking to you it's been a pleasure playing with you for the, all those years too and i'd say it's a pleasure playing against you but it's always not <laughs> a pleasure buddy but it's good to see you dude yeah yeah keep going boys keep going with this you guys are awesome thanks, thanks man thanks a lot brothers great to see you Thanks, boys. Bum, bum, bum. That was my jet flying over. <laughs> All right. What an interview with Cody Jameson. You heard me suck up to the guy. I looked up to him for a long time. So it was uh, a little bit of what they would call stroke off session. But uh, I enjoyed it. I, I just love that guy's answers, man. He's so, uh, so smart. Thinks the game so well and crazy obviously went through a crazy year that year at Syracuse to like, just not play any games and then step right in and just like, and win them a national championship. Essentially like, here we go. There it is. Just, just a nice little layup right on the doorstep and he buries it. So um, hilarious to hear about the celebration and stuff to him planning one. I'm glad. I think it's, I think it's better that he didn't go through with the one. Yeah. I know. (laughs) I was like trying to visualize it, but it's uh, yeah, it's too good, man. It's looked up to, to him for a long time, but um yeah i guess in terms of kind of what's coming up uh what's coming up next we got a really really cool interview with you know what's highly regarded as the goat of our sport and john grant jr um it was different than i thought it was going to be i think it was like you know obviously he's got he's offensive coordinator at johns hopkins university have you heard of it and he's you know sat down and just told us a lot about his journey through the leagues and or you know in in every, every league so um really interesting i think we're just what did, what did i say before i'm we're larry king and oprah now i think yeah exactly we we can we can kind of that's the thing about us we're a little bit chameleons we can yeah. take the interview any way we want i think we thought it was going to go one way and yeah. uh but i i definitely think this is a, a will be a must listen um when we record the episode we'll definitely get into a little bit more but it's kind of almost like junior in the raw like he he explained some of the stuff that I don't think anyone's even heard, which was cool for not only me, like I got to play against him for a long time. You got to play against him for a little bit, but I think it'll be cool for anyone that knows junior to hear this, this backstory. And yeah. again, I, I think he's still, like I say, he's in the top three of guys who've ever played this game. So it was, a, it was fun. Yeah. And I, it sounded at like one point I may have compared myself to him, but that's not what I was trying to do. You did. I did, I did. And it was tough, but, um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, other than that for, for other interviews, we got a couple, you know, we're, we're banking them. We're working hard over here to keep them going. Um, we got some guys sliding in the DMS too, which is nice. We got some people that want in on the bird game. I'm telling you, it. this is, this is like, this is like building high points program. You got to go out and get the recruits until you get good enough where the recruits, they come to you. So yeah. we're in, we're, I mean, we're three episodes in, we're already doing the reverse recruiting, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got to keep ourselves fired up, keep ourselves going for these interviews. How are we doing that? Billy's Polly. We're hammering in the Billy's salts. We're keeping our bodies going. They're safe. They're fun. They're legal and they'll get you fired up. So go to shopbillies.co code bird, 20, 20% off. Uh, 
Um, you know, we've got a great partnership with those guys. So just, you know, make sure you keep buying those things and uh, just so they keep liking us and want to share the partnership. And like I said, you can, you can do no wrong with those things. They can, uh, they get you fired up, especially getting into summertime too. Not a bad thing to have, you know, whether it's on the sideline or if you're in the States and the bars are open, maybe one right before the bar get going. So um, yeah, right after the pre-drink, right before the Uber comes, just quick, yeah, quick sniff and get her going. It, it, exactly like Paulie would have done when he asked all the seventeen-year-olds to go to the bar with him in university, <laughs> and he they couldn't get in. He would just do a solo billies and run right to the bar. And, exactly. And that's I was it. ahead of the curve. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, I guess that's it for for episode four. We'll uh, we'll check in with you guys again next week. And your bio took me six scrolls to get through on the thing. <laughs>